0: Hey there, thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for those of you watching online. We are uh, so glad that you're joining us. We are entering into the Christmas season. Who has their Christmas shopping done? You need a leaf. I'm just kidding, just kidding. You just raise your hand because you're not getting any Christmas presents for people. <laughs> we are entering the Christmas season, a time of uh, giving, a time of being thankful. We just got out of Thanksgiving. Uh, I'm grateful, thankful for Pastor Bethany and Pastor Kaysen who filled in over the last couple weeks and preached. Can you guys just give them a warm warm, uh, round of applause? They did a great job over the last couple weeks preaching the Word of God. And the Word of God is awesome, right? It's powerful. It's effective. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It goes into our hearts and it changes things that need to be changed. How many people need some changing in this place, right? I hope you didn't come here just to leave the same. The Bible comes and it changes our hearts, it changes our minds, it, it tweaks things that are not right, it, 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 dis, it uh, separates truth and lies, it, it, it helps us to become more clear of God and his ways compared to our own. Isn't it great, the word of God? That's why it's so powerful, it's so effective, it pulls down strongholds that are over our lives, it gets rid of things that shouldn't be on us like heaviness of this world and the stresses that we carry. The word comes, and when we get into it, it it helps alleviate all those things. And today I want to just get right into this. Um, As some of you may know, uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, you know, I always wanted, like, expensive things, like the brand name, because I wanted to fit in, right? And so my parents, you know, they weren't going to pay $100 for sneakers and stuff. So they're like, we'll pay this much, and if you make up the difference, you can... You know, buy it with your own money. And so when I was 12 years old, I got a paper out working for the Post Standard. And uh, I had to get up early, early in the morning every day, except maybe Sunday or maybe Saturday, I can't remember. And uh, deliver papers early in the morning all season, all year long. It was a really cool experience, actually. I, I love that first job that I had. Um, even in the winter, uh, my dad, he's decided that since I'm up anyway, he might as well be one of the guys that brings the um, newspapers to the paper boys. And so he could get up early, and sometimes when he was done, he'd come help me. But some other times, he would just leave messages in the snow, like for me, he says, Hey, buddy, love you. Like, because you know where I'd be walking, you know? And it was really cool. So, um, anyway, uh, Christmas time for uh, paper boys is the best time of year. Because as a paper boy, um, you'd have to go make collections too, you know, every couple of weeks or every month. And you'd have to go later in the day, not at five in the morning, but like later in the day, knock on people's doors and collect the money that they owed. We didn't have online back then. This is like in 1920 something. I was 12, i was just kidding. This is in 1986, I think. And so I would, I would go to knock on doors and they uh, would come. And during Christmas time, I didn't know about this the first year I did this, but they give extra tips during Christmas time all the people did and so normally you know I'd make you know I don't know not just a little bit in tips but Christmas time came I'd make like seven to ten times more than other weeks and so I just love Christmas time and the first time it happened I was like wow look at all this money I have you know like it's probably like a hundred dollars but it's like a 12 year old like that was awesome and I was so excited about it and uh, you know, Christmas time anyway, right? We, as kids, we love Christmas because we can't wait. I hope I get this, I hope I get that. Uh, I ask for this, this, and this, and I hope, you know, that I get all these things. And, you know, there's Christmas, you wake up in the morning, you can't wait to go down and see what, you know, uh, mom and dad bought you or Santa Claus. Um, and we, you know, just get so excited. And But there's a time when uh, we kind of supposed to, you know, kind of grow up a little. And I remember one year, for Christmas, as I had these, started having these jobs, I remember wanting to buy my dad a Christmas present. And I was like, I want to buy it from my own money, not use my parents' money to buy them something. That's not, you know. Uh, and so I saved up this money, and I wanted to, my dad was, you know, worked with his hands. He's repaired, repaired things around the house and stuff. So I decided to buy him a miter box. It's like this thing that holds a saw, and it cuts at different angles. And I saved my money and saved my money and finally this thing went on sale too and so I was like, yes, and I bought this thing. I think I bought it from Sears, it was like a craftsman, you know, this miter box and I was so excited to be able to finally, instead of just receiving and getting things from my parents and for Christmas and other things, now I was gonna learn, I was really excited about giving I can't wait till my dad's expression. I can't. And my dad was pretty stoic. He, was, he didn't have much expressions. But I was just. I was excited that I could do something for him because all his life, he, all my life, he's done stuff for me. So I was like, I saved all this money and I bought this miter box for my dad. And I remember giving it to him, and I think he was thankful because he was, like I said, stoic. You know, but it, I was excited to be able to finally give it to him. And uh, you know, and as I get, I got older. Uh, had my own kids, then I started getting exci- more excited about Christmas for the things that I could do and buy for my children than what I could receive. And so there's a switchover, right, of receiving to now learning how to give. I remember the, one of the greatest moments uh, was the first time that I was able to bring my children um, to Disney World. Me and uh, my wife, we saved up for years to be able to do this and finally we got to go to Disney World and the expressions on their face. I was, I, I was more excited to bring them to Disney World than the times when I was younger and got to go to Disney World. It was so exciting, I couldn't sleep the nights before. It's just, I can't wait till they see this. I can't. And giving just causes us to change a perspective from receiving to giving. And this is something that God, in our journey with him, in our maturity as people, as, a, as, as, as our maturity grows in our spirituality, we should learn to be better at. The Bible says it is better to give than to receive. That we should learn how to give out to others and how to give of ourselves and to give of our resources, of our talents, of our time, of our, our, our resources, and that we should learn how to pour into others and to bless them instead of just always trying to what's in it for me, right? And there's a, there's a maturity that comes as we get, should come when we get older, that we learn these principles and we learn how to give. We learn how to, uh, how, how to make this transition from always wanting to learning how to give. We do that in our relationship with Jesus, right? Let's be honest, right? When we first come to Christ, it's all about me. God, I need help. God, I need to be forgiven. God, I need you to help me overcome this sin. I need God. I need. I need. I need. I need. It's almost like Jesus is Santa Claus for a little while, right? But eventually, we learn how, as people, to now give to the Lord, right? We give our worship to the Lord. We give our obedience to the Lord. We give our all uh, areas of our lives to the Lord. We should give all areas of our lives to the Lord. And we learn over time, this maturity comes, that we learn from just using Jesus as what can he do for me to what can I do now for him. Is this, anybody with me? We learn to give to the Lord. We learn to um, <laughs> use our, the Bible says, um, we give a sacrifice of Praise. We bring a sacrifice of praise. That's what we did this morning, that we came, and maybe some of you came because you said, I really need to hear from God today, or I need a prayer answered, or uh, I, want to, I want more of God. And those are all great things, and that's reasons why you should come. But we also come to bring a sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. God, I come because I just want to praise you because you're worthy of it. Right, and we go from this immaturity to this maturity as we grow in our spiritual development with Jesus Christ. We do this, should do this in all areas of our life, but sometimes it's difficult, right? Because our selfish, our needs become really loud at times. At times we think, wow, I I don't know how I'm gonna handle this situation or this trial, this problem or this, this issue. And even when it comes to finances, God, I don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet. Milk is like, uh, well, let's talk, let's talk about eggs. Eggs is like so much money right now, it's like a dollar an egg. Not really, but you know, imagine that, jeez. How, how am I gonna make ends meet? How am I gonna do this? And, and we think, God help me, God help me. And there's temptations, there's times in our life where it's very easy for us to be, go revert back to this self-preservation or this, self, um, this self-protective mechanisms that we just kind of like uh, hoard up the things that God has given us, and we go from givers back to just hiding and damning up the blessings that God has given us to give to others. We just kind of just become these reclusive people that just um, just keep it for themselves. I just gotta survive. I gotta get through this inflation. I gotta get through this season in my life. I gotta get through if, you know, maybe another day and will be back. But right now, I just gotta uh, do this. I just gotta uh, keep this. Anybody with me? Has anybody been there? Right, we live in these areas, right? But I want to look into what the Scripture says in this area, and I believe that the Word of God again is powerful, that is sharp, that it will help us how to live. To have, uh, the Bible says, in um, Joshua says, I've hidden this word in my heart that I won't sin against you. That's actually David, sorry. Joshua actually says, I meditate on this law day and night so you'll be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. If we will learn to this word, it will help us in this life and it's no different than with the scripture I'm gonna read to you now in Second Corinthians chapter nine. And this is Paul writing his second letter to the church in Corinth. And he's really encouraging them now at this point. He's, you know, in the first letter, well, both letters, he has to correct them on some different things. But in this part of this, he's really encouraging them on their generosity. They have proven themselves to be generous, but he just wants to remind them about their generosity and their giving. And so in verse 6, it says it like this. It says, remember this, Paul's saying to the church, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. This is God's heart. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And then it goes on and it, it talks about the farmer, and it talks about how he sows seed and and how that that, that brings an increase. And, and then it says in verse eleven, "You will be enriched in every way when you do this, when you, when you give, when, when you sow seeds. You will You will be enriched in every way so that you will, can be generous on every occasion, And through us your generosity would result with thanksgiving in God. There's some really uh, key uh, parts in this whole scripture, if you read. Verses 6 to uh, 13 on your own, or you can read that whole chapter of um, 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9. If you will just get this in your heart and read this, there's some really key principles here, some really good things. Paul is is encouraging the church to keep giving, to keep giving. And they, they were on hard times at times, yeah, he was saying, don't revert back to your old ways of receive, just receiving. Keep giving. And if you give, this is what will happen. And he gives them two motives to give. The first motive, if you read at the beginning, he says that when you give, God is amply able to provide for those that give generously. By blessing others, they are blessing God, is what he's saying. And as you give unto others, as you bless others, as you uh, do these things, God then will bless you further. This is a motive. This is what, God, what Paul is telling the church, that when you give, then you, uh, you bless God by your giving. You, when you hoard, uh, you, you, you dam up the blessings of God, both in others' lives and in your own life. And so instead of giving sparingly, um, instead of sowing sparingly, now I want you to sow, I want you to sow generously, generously. Everybody say that word generously. Can we be a generous church? We should be a generous people. The second uh, motive here is so the first one is that uh, when we give, God is able when we give generously, God is able to bless us generously. All right, that's motive number one. Number number two is that our gener- the generosity that we give in helps bless others. Isn't that great? When we give, it helps other people, right? That's an obvious motive of giving, right? When I give out uh, finances or resources or love or care, it, bl- it should bless others, right? As a dad that wants to give good gifts to my kids, uh, when I uh, I am able to help them in different ways to get ahead in life or to help them in life, it blesses them. It doesn't just bless me and that God will continue to use me in these ways, but it blesses the people that I'm pouring into. And so we find this, this principle at work here the principle of sowing and reaping. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow generously, You reap generously. All through this scripture, there's these key words in here, like plentiful or bountiful or generously. Uh, It says that God will supply uh, all of your needs. And God God is able to bless you abundantly. There's this other principle in here that we have to get, besides sowing and reaping, there's another principle, and that is God is a God of abundance. God is not a God of lack. God is not a God of, oh, I don't have enough. Is anybody listening today? God is a God of, our God is a God of abundance, of great, he, the Bible says that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, in other words, God owns it all. And he is not in the, in, interested in hoarding things to himself. That is not his nature, that's not his character. God's God's character, God's righteousness is generosity. He is a generous, giving, loving God. He does not withhold from us, but he continually gives and pours out lavish blessings on his people, or at least he wants to. The Bible, the the heart of the matter on this whole principle uh, is that God wants us to have a heart like he has a heart. In fact, it says, each one should decide in their own heart what they should give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, when you give out to others, when you give to the church, when you give uh, Christmas gifts this year, when you do this, you shouldn't do it like, oh, I have to give this person another Christmas present because I know they're going to get me one, so I have to give them one. (laughs) Is anybody, you know, I know they're going to get, I have to get, right? Then, then we just keep like um, gifts in our house just in case somebody gets us something, you know? <laughs> and we forget. <laughs> Should I just give secrets away? <laughs> God wants us to give out of a cheerful heart. He wants us to give because we get to bless others. We get to give because we're planting seed into people's lives or into uh, the kingdom of God. We're planting seeds into making a difference for all eternity, Right, I'm not, if I just keep this seed to myself, if I just hoard everything, if I just eat my seed, it's not gonna produce anymore, right? But if I, if I plant it, if I put it in different places, it will bless those people it'll, and it'll bless and it'll grow into a harvest uh, that can be reaped later. But we have to do it cheerfully out of a good heart, how God intends and so, as you can imagine, the church in Corinth, like us at times, are kind of like, well, hold on a second. If I give everything that I have, or if even if I give a lot of what I have, am I gonna have enough? Right? Does anybody face this fear? We all do, right? Well, wait a second. If I tithe 10% of everything that I make, I don't know if I can make it. If I give to other people, I don't know if I'm going to have enough for Christmas, I don't know if I'm going to have enough for these different things, and these thoughts are real, right? We we wrestle with this as parents, as um, people that have to pay bills, as uh, we have houses and card notes or whatever we have, God, how am I going to uh, make sure that I have enough money for all these things? And just like us, the church in Corinth was the same, and so Paul does a really good job here in verse eight of alleviating that pressure. He says, and God, if we give, with a cheerful heart, it says in verse eight, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. This is a scripture that I wanna encourage you to hang on to. It's one of those verses that you could say uh, when you get into a bad place, or even financially, or, or different things, that you could say, God, I've been obedient. I have been tithing, I've been, I've been giving, I've been uh, not hoarding, and I'm in a bind right now. I don't know how I'm gonna pay for this bill. But your word says that I'll have more than enough. In 2 Corinthians, God, uh, chapter nine, your word says, you are able to bless me abundantly so that in all things, at all times, I'll have all that I need. And so I'm holding on to that right now. And I'm believing that you are going to help me to abound in every good work. That I'll be able to uh, be a good steward with the finances I have. That I'll be able to pay off the things that I need to pay off. That I'll be able to bless others in the process and plant seed. Has anybody had to pray that prayer before? Right, there's been times in my life where I learned at a young age of the sowing and reaping principle. And so since I can remember, since I worked 12 years old, I got in the habit of tithing since I was a young kid, but there's been times in my life where things were really tight, different times, and I had to make some hard decisions. Am I going to keep giving right now, or am I gonna pay this bill? (laughs) If I don't pay this bill, I might lose whatever. Those are hard decisions to make sometimes, but God's word will never return void. God's principles, his promises, the Bible says are yes and amen. Do you know what that means? They're forever true. They will not fail, they will not, and I am a testimony of all my life of going from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing and I believe the main reason for that, well, there's a couple of principles but one of them is this one right here, is giving, tithing, sowing. That when we sow, that when we're faithful to God, he blesses us, he continues to bless us. And I can look back on my life and see how God has taken me from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Now I'm not saying it's all been smooth. There's been rough patches, really rough patches, but God has been faithful and he has proven himself faithful and so Paul alleviates this to the church in, the, in, in Corinthians and he's telling them, guys, God is able to meet your needs. God's power is, uh, is not just merely in just providing, just narrowly getting by. Rather, God is powerful and will help his grace to overflow in your life. God wants to get you out of a place of just, just being sufficient to an overflow of abundance so that you can abound in every good work, so that you'll have more than enough. And he's not talking about just finances either, by the way. This whole message is not just, if you're thinking this is just about finances, this is in every area of our lives. That you can give out love, that you can give out care. You know, sometimes, especially uh, some of us introverts, we would rather just kind of like stay to ourselves and and, and again, just kind of hide and and. and, and not share some of the blessings and the love or the care or the wisdom or the knowledge or whatever God has given to us, but God wants us to share and to give out, to sow, to sow, to sow into people, to sow into the kingdom of God, to sow into others, to bless them. And when you do, God pours it on even much. There's a great verse in Proverbs. Proverbs is an awesome chapter. My son and I were just talking about um, Solomon and how wise he was, and how he wrote the book of Proverbs. And uh, in this one section in Proverbs, verse uh, chapter eleven, verse twenty-four, it should come up here. It says, "One person gives freely, yet gains even more." Let me just hold on for a second, right there. How does he give? Freely, not reluctantly, not under compulsion, but freely. Freely, you have. The Bible, Jesus says, "Freely you have received, now freely." Give. You have received so much blessings from the Lord, now pour it out. And right here it says, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, which just really means he withholds for no good reason, and comes to poverty. There's this amazing principle here that I really wanna make sure that we get today in this giving season. That is that God wants to pour out blessings through us, into us, and then through us. And when we choose not to allow that to happen by damming up that river of God's blessings through our life, then God will reroute the river. But when we unleash the giving in our life, when we undam the dam, and allow the river to flow through our lives of blessings, whatever he's given to you, pass it on to others. Paul tells us to Timothy, whatever I've taught you, take it and pass it on to others. Whatever you've learned from the scripture, take it and pass it on to others. Whatever God has gifts and talents, God has blessed you, take them, use them, and pass them on to others. You are not to be Christian hoarders. You're not supposed to contain this this blessing of Jesus that he gave you, the greatest gift of all time. He did not mean that you could just have it, keep it to yourself, and never share it with anybody. Pass it on to others. It should be a continuous river flowing through us of greater and greater capacity. And when we withhold, when we stop doing, uh, uh, giving, when we refuse to bless others, when we refuse to tithe, when we refuse to use our gifts and talents, then God will withhold his blessings on our lives. God wants the dam to be free. Let the river flow. That's an old song, right? Let the river flow, let the river flow. You know that song should not be sung to God? That should be sung to you? God doesn't have any problems with a a river being dammed up. He does not have any constipation issues. He wants to flood this place with his love. He wants to flood this world with his passion. He wants to flood it with blessings. He wants to pour on us. In fact, the Bible says that he looks through the whole earth looking for whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking for people that he can bless so that he can use you as his hands and feet feet feet. He wants to bless you so that you can bless others. So release the blessing of God in your over your life. Give, be generous, tithe. Which would you rather be here? A, a person that is generous, that receives and just gives it all out or a person that is stingy. The person that's the bottleneck. The person that uh, is just damned up. You know, as a church, as a church body, a couple years ago, many of you know this, we decided as a church to make sure that we follow these principles of God too. We're doing it in our own lives as the leadership team, that we're tithing, we're giving. We're learning to give more, we're learning how to be more generous. In fact, the elders, the staff have met over the last couple of months to come up with our core values. And one of our core values that is remaining, that will remain, because we had like 500 of them. (laughs) Really, we had like 40. We had to narrow it down to like seven. And so one that remains is generosity. Isn't that great? That we decided we wanna be a church that is generous. We get these principles that God wants to use us and bless us to this community, to this world, to one another. And so a couple years ago, we made the conscious decision of giving 10% of all that came in to missions. To find places to give money. This was an act of faith for us because it's not like, um, you know, COVID. (laughs) We had a lot of excuses. I'll just put it this way of why we couldn't. You guys, like, the stage needs to be redone. We need, these projectors are, you know, 50 years old. The, they didn't have projectors 50 years old, but, uh, fifty years ago, but, you know, they're still old. Uh, there's a lot of things that have to be redone in this church. The, this roof needs fixing. This HVAC. Uh, there's needs in the community. There's needs here. You know, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things. There's all kinds of excuses for us not to give. But we decided that we are going to follow the principles of God and trust him and take some leap of faith and say, you know what, I'm gonna follow the principles principles of God for my own personal life, but as a church too. That sounds like a great no-brainer, doesn't it? But we decided to do this, and a couple years ago, we started giving 10% of all that came in. And this is the first, last year was the first year we did this, this is the second year. Do you know that, to date, (laughs) that our income this year after giving 10% last year, and now we're on track to give 10% again this year, to date, our income that's come in, money that's come in this year, has increased 15% from last year. Isn't that crazy? Let me just explain this to you. So not only did all the money, the 10% that we gave away last year and the 10% we're giving away this year come back, 5% more got added onto us. Isn't that crazy? If you don't believe me, we have the numbers. I have the numbers right here, but uh, you can get with Mark Jenkins. He's our CFO. And, um, you know, he will, he will show you the numbers. God is faithful. And when we decide to give and to sow, God will bless us back. If you do this in your own personal life, you decide, you know what, it's tough right now, but I am going to stand on the principles of God. I'm gonna get this right in my life. God wants to bless you and in return help you to be able to bless others. And so, um, we give, as a church, right, to uh, the, the staff is a bit, uh, the, the, uh, because, let me back up, sorry. The 10% does not go to staff. <laughs> the 10% goes to missions. But because of we are a church um, and we get a return, our money goes into helping to provide for this community, helping to pay for staff, helping to do things like VBS. We've had uh, a lot of baptisms and a lot of different things. And uh, one of the things I wanted to share is that this, this past year, we've given already over $80,000 to missions, both abroad and, and near. Um, I'm just gonna read off a couple of things right, real quick. We've given to Rescue Mission, New Hope, Light of the World, Basic, Uh, this Teen Challenge, Youth Alive, which is getting campus clubs in um, New York State high schools, CARENET, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes on SU. Uh, We've given to other churches, churches in this area that uh, are struggling or need help with this or that. We believe in other churches in this area, amen? We're not in competition. We're we're all trying to get people to Jesus. Uh, We've given... um, (laughs) We've given to a community center up in Hastings. We've um, given to uh, benevolence to people in need, over $20,000 to people in need this year, which is probably more than we've ever given. Um, internationally, we are planning new churches in Sri Lanka. Uh, we have our church pastors in India that came and visited us that we, get, we help. Uh, you met them here over the summer. We've given to our, our, our pastors in China We've given over $6,000 this year to Love 146, an organization that helps stop sex trafficking, for children especially. Yeah, give yourselves a hand. This is because of your giving. Um, We've given to Operation Mobilization uh, through Christina Scott, who I believe is here today. Is Christina here? Krista, is she here today? There's Krista. Krista, will you stand up? This is a missionary that we support that also works Works with uh, women and children that are in, caught into bad situations and, uh, in East, uh, Western Europe. And so, come on, you guys got to give her a better hand to that, because she's here with us today, <clears throat> and we help support that uh, ministry as well. Look, my point is this, that when we decide in our hearts that we believe God's scripture more than we believe our own philosophies. God's blessings will overtake us. Look, we've all tried to do things our own way. And even though this principle may not make sense in a natural human mind, I'm telling you, by all the things I just read to you, by my own testimony of my whole life, and I could tell you story after story through my whole life, that God, his word, is true. It will work. It will keep you on a path. It'll protect you from bad things, and it will bless you, God will, abundantly. God gives generously. The Bible says, as I close here today, one of the most famous verses of all time, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. Let's just go through that conversation for a second that God and Jesus might have had in heaven. But Jesus, if you, I send you then, you have to die. Why don't you just stay here? A lot of the people aren't gonna follow you anyway, Still going to end up broken and in hell. Let's just let's just not do this thing. (laughs) I'm just going to keep you, Jesus, to myself. Let the world go its own way. It's made its decision. Is that the God that we serve? No. The Bible says that God loved the world, that he loved us so much. And when he decided, I love them, I am going to give. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I believe God is still in the business of giving, the business of blessing, the, the business of abundance. Jesus said, I have come, John 10, 10, that they may have life. I came to bring life and that they may have it abundantly. I don't, look, I, he could have just stopped at life. That would have been good. Hey, we get to live forever. But I came that they won't just have life, but they'll have it abundantly. And listen to me, if you are not having abundant life right now, I know there's seasons, I know there's trials, but maybe it's because you're missing this principle. Maybe you have some dam in your life that's clogging up the blessings of God in your life. How is your tithing going? How is your giving? God will open up the floodgates of heaven, the Bible says. The only scripture where the Bible says to test you in this, he says it in Malachi, he says, Bring 10% of all you make to the storehouse, to the church, to God's kingdom, and see that I won't pour out the floodgates of heaven, that you'll have so much that you can't even contain it. Here's that word, abundant, again. God does not want us scraping by. He doesn't want us just living in lack. He has huge (laughs) resources, He has more than enough. My God is able to supply all your needs. And in the scripture that I told you, if I can find it again, as I close, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I wanna challenge you today, if you are here and you, are not, you have not made this step in your Christian faith to start giving, start giving. If you haven't started tithing yet, start tithing. If you're tithing and you're not giving above tithe, try it out, see what God will do. Bless others. You may say, well, I, I don't know if they deserve it. <laughs> I don't know if you deserve Jesus. I don't know if uh, they might misuse it. Look, this is the principle of God. And we could come up with all these excuses of not to do it. They've hurt me, or I'm tired, or I have my own needs. or I have The Bible says that if we refresh others, the one that refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. Bless others. Bless those that curse you, that Jesus said. Give, and it'll be given unto you. Bless Give. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, God, that if there's anything that's causing us to not be able to give in the measure that you'd have us to, God, I pray that that dam would be released in this place. God, allow your blessings to overtake us, and God, let it flow through us. God, we even ask for repentance today that uh, for the times that we have hoarded, that we have held it up, God, we ask that you would help us to even start to even start giving, to even start being faithful in those ways, in Jesus' name. If you're here today, you know, um, I have this picture, you know, this, if you see a big dam, right, and you see the cartoons where there's like a little leak in the dam, and then they take gum and try to, you know, stop it. But, you know, then it cracks, and then all of a sudden, phew, the dam just breaks open. You know the cartoons, pictures I'm talking about, right? So, I, some of you may need to just start With just a little pinhole. Just start giving somewhere. Just start, maybe you don't give at all, just start. And then you're gonna see the blessings of God start coming upon you to where you can give more. And then you'll you'll give more and then the blessings come more. And then you'll be able to, just this river will start to flow and you'll be freed up. Amen? Amen. Amen. I need to pray for one more thing. For those of you here in this place, maybe you've never received this great gift that God has given Jesus Christ. God loved you so much that he gave and he wants you to be able to receive uh, this, this amazing gift and that is of Jesus Christ. You see, God sent Jesus to come to earth to take the place and pay the price for what we've done wrong by dying on the cross so that we could be forgiven, and so that we could receive Uh, so we could be clean from all the things we've done wrong, all the sin, all the shame, and everything that comes with it, so that we can have a relationship with God again. God loved us so much that he sent Jesus so that we can have a relationship with him again. Because before that, we are separated from God. And so if you're here today, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed one more time, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I need to have that relationship with Jesus, I need to ask him to forgive me for my sins, and I wanna receive this great gift that he's given. Would you just lift your hands, high enough so I could see it, see your hands, see your hands. Anybody else? I need Jesus. Come on, would you just all say this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask that you come into my life, that you forgive me for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died on the cross to be able to forgive me so that I could be made clean so that I can be made right, so that I can have a relationship with you. Help me with that relationship from this point forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you said that prayer, let's give it up for those that just did that today. If you said that prayer for the first time or you're coming back to God, I wanna encourage you, text this number 444-2100. 444-2100, that'll get you in touch with one of the pastors here, and we'd love to help you with this um, journey that you just started today. If you also if you're new here or if you have any questions about the church, same thing, text us number 444-2100. We'd love to hear from you. Come on, let's stand to our feet when I worship. Thank you again for checking out this message. If you would like help taking your first steps on your faith journey, you can text the number 315-444-2100 and include the word Jesus in your text. We're going to follow up with you and help you get started. God bless you and thank you again.